So welcome, Spring. It's really great to have you be a part of our beloved teachers. It's a series really focused on the relationship of teacher and student. And when I was contemplating having you on the podcast, I was really fascinated with your relationship with Harriet Tugman. And I want to get into that, but I just want to say welcome and, and really it's great to have you here. Oh, thank you for the invite. And I'm so happy to join you today. So when I was contemplating your relationship with Harriet Tugman, part of what came up for me is just a little bit of context within the Buddhist wisdom tradition, because this is part of the Beloved Teacher series, which is a part of just really exploring within the Buddhist wisdom tradition, like what's this teacher-student relationship about? And it's interesting because part of your background in addition to Harriet Tugman, is a training in the insight meditation tradition. And that's how I can relate to you. I have that training as well as a retreat teacher and have studied for a while in that tradition. However, there's also this turning that happens within the Buddhist tradition, and it's called terma. It's a terma turning. And Part of that is rediscovering hidden teachings. And just as an example of it is in the Mahayana tradition, Nagarjuna, he rediscovered the Prajnaparamita Sutta and he rediscovered a hundred thousand lines of it from the Nagas. And the Nagas are in the spirit realm within the Buddhist tradition, and you can find it in various ways. And these spirits pretty much transmitted to him some of the lost teachings. And in some ways, that part of the tradition really comes alive for me in relationship to your relationship to the Harriet Tugman. And I'm just really curious about that turning for you and how that came about. And do you relate to this kind of understanding? Because a lot of times the term of tradition is associated with Tibet, but it really doesn't have to just be associated with Tibet. It's found in various Buddhist wisdom traditions. And so how does this land for you? Like, what's your sense of this? Well, first, I I love the term of tradition, you know, having studied a lot of Padmasambhava and, you know, also just over years studying Mahayana texts and Tibetan texts, I really resonate with this idea. You know, I think that these, the idea is that these teachings come in a fresh new way, a deeper way, and they kind of meet the needs of the the new practitioners of that era, that generation. So we're, you know, we're kind of you know, we're the millennials or Generation Z. It's like, well, what what's going to resonate? You know, what what is this is the Dharma, but in a deeper way, in a newer way, a fresh way. But I definitely relate to it. I didn't. I wrote about the Dharma in the book. I, I alluded to it, but I didn't get so into it because of the complexity of it, and for you know, it's like how to describe that these teachings are resting in the air and consciousness. <laughs> but I, I definitely tried to describe it with in the chapter on the inner underground and where these teachings are kind of stored in consciousness. So I love it. I, I definitely resonate with it. And it's interesting you brought up the Nagas. Um, 
just for people who who are curious about that that's like a whole world and of itself these serpents and you know it's 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 vast and magical and complex so it is and and to me that's kind of what happens when i start to sense into your relationship with harriet tugman it's like it kind of turns into this okay wait a second this isn't necessarily located in a certain place and time and yet here we are in the united states of america at this particular time and and you've had this reemergence of the spirit of Harriet Tugman and her teachings and and it's coming through you in a particular way. So tell me more about like how did this start to happen for you? Like what's the what's the story here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I am still in the process of understanding and integrating my relationship with Harriet Tugman. I mean, it came as a big huge surprise to me. I hadn't been someone who had been obsessed on Harriet Tubman. I mean, who doesn't like, you know, I learned about Harriet Tubman. Who doesn't love Harriet Tubman? I mean, the the whole journey of her life was so amazing. But I, it came, I write about it in the first chapter of the book about this period of time. It was like a week before George Floyd was murdered, May 2020. And this was when, you know, I always think May in the summer of 2020 was just so catalytic. It was like the earth <laughs> was quaking and everything, you know, in California, we had fires, we had elections, we had, you know, and all this brutality and violence. So yeah, like a week before I was started to have these powerful visionary dreams where they were like lucid dreaming. And I was kind of like waking up in a dream and it was so shocking. And then I began to feel Harriet Tubman's presence every day and it got stronger and stronger. And then that led to me studying about her life. And then like everybody at that time, I was like, well, I'll put on a Zoom class. <laughs> you know, that's what we were all doing. I thought, well, maybe there's other people that are feeling Harriet Tubman. I wonder and then I, I remember I put out the class and within a couple of weeks, it kind of went viral and I had hundreds of people. And it was during that time where my publisher was one of the sea of people. The vice president of Hay House was like in the ocean of people that were in the class. I didn't know they were taking the class. And then, you know, they heard me and they, they offered a contract and I was like, no way. I can't write about Harriet Tubman. I was like, call Angela Davis, call, you know, one of these scholars. And then that's when the relationship really became more profound, where it was just like the spirit of Harriet was in my mind. I could feel oftentimes, especially when I would be listening to music and meditating, her hand in my hand. And it started to get really, really mysterious and magical. But I'll tell you what, the biggest feeling I had was relief. Hmm. You know, it was like, oh, if Harriet's here, I'm going to make it. <laughs> you know, I felt this energy of courage because I was like so many people. I was curled up in the fetal position going, oh, my God, what's going to happen to us? <laughs> and she helped me a lot. Yeah, so that really brings up for me the sense of the theme of this is beloved teacher. So in that moment, it's like, oh gosh, in the fetal position, I mean, for me, it's like I do reach to that 
oh my gosh, where's my beloved teacher? Like, where is that holding? And she was there for you. And that's quite beautiful. What do you feel like she was teaching you in that moment or teaching us through you in, in these moments? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that she imparted was that there was this transmission of, I have been here before. So mm-hmm. it was really began like this conversation with this teacher ancestor. I have been here before. I have been through this situation, this battle that feels like it's growing every day. You know, it's like, who's America going to be? You know, are we going to be inclusive? Are we not? Or, you know, what what kind of country are we going to be in? This kind of fighting that's happening. There was this deep sense of, I've been here before. You are, you all are going to go through something similar, right? And, and you can do it and I'm going to help you. And you, there's kind of a resiliency and there's a, there's a training in being a conductor in this time and place, because I think the thing about Harriet Tubman, her spirit is that I see her as the beloved teacher. I see her as a guide, a conductor, and also like a deity Mm. for, you know, deities, have medicine, you know, when, when you want wisdom, you call on one deity, when you, you know, compassion, you call on Kuan Yin, Manjushri, you sword of wisdom, right? Akala obstacles, you know, you call on deities to help you. And I think because this situation in America is so deep, this divide, this the racism and the fight and and, and the, the idea of the, the American dream, all of these things is such a painful, confusing place that's so much history that I feel like Harriet can be a comfort for those who are struggling with this, right? Because she's like the deity who understands slavery, the deity who understands the battle, the deity, you know, it's like, so I feel like she has a kind of medicine that we can rely on to kind of find that resiliency to open to the complexity of all these problems and then to deal with something that is looming on the horizon, you know, which is, um, which feels like something is brewing. So in that situation, it's nice to have your physical teacher, but it's also nice to have an ancestor archetypal powerhouse that could be like, okay, Harriet, conduct us through this, Mm-hmm. passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what I felt. And that was the comfort. It's like, okay, I'm with somebody who understands this exact problem and the pain of it on all sides. Mm-hmm. And showing the way out or through. Yes, showing the yeah. way through and showing yeah. how to how to stay strong and build alliances and and support and 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 then stand up too. And so in some ways I'm hearing that that's part of the training that she offers is, is the reassurance that it's possible if you take, we take a stand, if we're willing to really continue to return to, what do you feel like you were continuing to return to with Harriet? Harriet? Well, I think one of the things that Harriet helped me with that I think is also a great benefit to others is that a lot of people over the last couple of years and even really powerfully in the last few months is this debilitating fear, Mm. right? 
fear, anxiety, the news cycles, definitely doesn't help, right? It's like feeds on this fear and separation and propaganda and divisiveness. And so I think one of the things that I, I noticed is when Harriet would stand with me or stand beside me, or I felt the presence, there was this immediate sense of courage. And I have no doubt that she gave all the passengers who were, who were, who were, you know, courageous enough to get on her caravan, you know, um, she's used to that, right? Like, um, you know, you have to have some faith and you have to have courage and you have to be willing to, to walk this and, and to, to go forth and to be fearless. And I think that's what a lot of people are digging deep right now and trying to find. How do I find the courage to feel, to live in my body, to to be awake here? You know, it just feels painful at times to be alive in the midst of so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So I'm also curious, you we're talking about how this first began for you and some of the the beauty that's come from the beginning of your relationship. And yet it's been years. I mean, you've put out a book, you're, you're talking about Harriet a lot. And I saw you, I guess about a year ago, talking about Harriet. And part of what landed at that time for me was that you thought eventually this relationship might go, not I don't know if completely go away, but you know, you weren't really you didn't plan to be where you are right now with it. (laughs) And so I'm just curious because with any kind of relationship embodied, not embodied as far as a deity kind of form, her spirit, however it's starting to manifest, it's like we go through these ups and downs in relationships and these trials and, and turbulence and, and something you do keep returning. You keep returning to the courage. You keep returning to, okay, you know, I get this image, you know, that you can just kind of place out your hand and she meets your hand. And it's like, if, if you don't, if you don't remember, just, just let me, let me help you remember. So can you tell me just a little bit about that process and, and how it's deepened? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it's deepened over the, over the years. Yeah, I, you know, I think that there's this connection. And when I was writing, I was having a lot of sessions. And I call these sessions period where Harriet would talk and show me imagery, and I would write and try to decipher the messages into a cohesive, you know, cohesive narrative that made sense, you know. And I think where we are right now is this like, there's this channel that's open there. So it's almost like if I need something, I can go there and get advice. It's like, it's as if you had a physical teacher, right? And you guys were writing a book and then you have a very close relationship while that's happening, but then you have this unbreakable bond. And I feel that, that everything that Harriet taught me the book was not just for others. That was a living manifesto for myself. I am, my task is living into that, is understanding that day by day. And that takes a long time to really get it, to understand it, to work with it. So I feel like she's giving me that task, like live this, be this, understand this so that you can share it. And I think I, one of the things is, is I just have so much faith in 
the the spirit world. So, you know, as I met before with you, I was living in California because Harry Tubman, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. So these huge shifts, right, are happening. Um, and that's because of feeling fearless in a way, you know, or not fearless as if I don't have fear, but just courage when fear arises to just keep opening to it, to keep walking, to keep standing up. So I don't want to say fearless because fear definitely arises, but just the ability to meet it and to remember Harriet's life and to remember what she shared gives me a kind of power. And now it's just, you know, I have the map and now I need to walk and I need to embody. And, you know, there was a lot of conversations that I didn't write about that were deeply personal from my own path. And it's like Harriet's just kind of giving me like an open space, like now train in this, now step into this. So, but I, I feel that there's a bond, there's a channel. And whenever I need something, I can just call on it and I feel in many ways like our journey just started and I'm, you know, it's like chapter by chapter, you know, I, I completed one part of the task. Now there's like another hundred that I'm like, but it's, it's like, it never ends probably, you know, I just keep going and keep learning. And that's like with every great teacher, right? That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. I was like, well, this sounds like a great teacher-student relationship because, you know, in some ways that's what the beauty of that kind of container crucible in some ways is, is that, you know, you keep getting these challenges to, to walk your talk, to, to embody it, to put it into action. And it sounds like that's what's happening for you in various ways. I'm curious, you, you use the word faith. And in some ways I was wondering as I was contemplating talking to you about trust, and I don't say that lightly, trust is definitely earned, or that's the my view on it is I feel like trust is earned one step at a time. Could you, is there a difference between faith and trust for you? Or is there anything there around Harriet in mean, the relationship? People, yeah, those are both really beautiful words. I mean, I love the word trust, like we yeah. trust life. We trust our integrity. We trust ourselves. We trust our capacity. And then, and for me, I think faith goes a little bit deeper, mm. right? Faith is sort of believing in the unseen world, right? It's the faith that we are being guided, and there, there, we are in this vast, you know, as the Buddha said. And awakening 10,000 world system full of Nagas and, and Devas and humans and animal spirits. And, you know, we're all together. And it's kind of, I think when I think of faith, I think a lot about Dr. King's messages that, you know, the long arc of the universe bends toward justice, right? And I think faith is that belief that that everything is for the greater good and that love and compassion are the strongest forces in the universe and greed, hatred, and delusion, no matter how powerful they appear, they can't stand the test of time. They, they will crumble whatever is built on that, right? Inevitably. And so I think that faith is just this, you know, Harriet Tubman had faith in this you know, she had faith to leave the plantation and walk alone as a woman into the wilderness. Like she was feeling like, I will make it. I will reach, you know, the 
120 mile finish line. I'll get there. And so when we operate, I think with faith, we're operating with a kind of a superpower. And in the Buddhist tradition, it is one of the five, five superpowers, actually, you know, it's faith. And, and it's an important piece because it's the visionary. It's the people who believe in the impossible. It's like Dr. King being like, I'm going to dismantle segregation in 10 years and, and shift. Con-. You know, it's this, it's this unbelievable power that comes when we believe, you know, our thoughts are powerful. So, mm-hmm. so trust, I think, is one level in my mind, which is beautiful. And then I feel like faith just goes to, you know, like, oh, oh my God, faith. It's now faith. Our trust has moved into that. And now we move with a kind of power that comes mm-hmm. from those who have faith. And, there, and again, with that, that could be misguided. It could be blind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so powerful that people sometimes out of faith do terrible things, which we, you know, the story of Ngulimala, of, you know, the serial killer in the, the text, right? So, so it's a double-edged sword, right? And it just has to be pointed at true liberation. Mm. So it sounds like Harriet Tugman is offering also a training in faith. Absolutely. Courage, faith, taking a stand. There is a way out through this. And, you know, you brought in just a recognition again and again of this like unseen world. And that takes a lot of faith too, to go against the stream and start to really integrate non-ordinary states of consciousness and, and so much more capacity that humans have, which hasn't you know, we know this, you know, it hasn't always been accepted. It's, it's definitely against the stream in a lot of ways, your work. And it's beautiful. So I really thank you for that. Well, you know, the unseen world, and I think this is a big, this is a big piece, I think, for a lot of people, because a lot of people only understand certain pieces of Buddhism, right? They take mm-hmm. out the mindfulness and they don't, they don't ever maybe connect mm-hmm. to the rest of the, the roots of the tradition. But as you and I know from people who have studied and practiced that this is an incredible, magical, I mean, I mean, the stories Mm -hmm. are unbelievable. So I invite people who are very skeptical and just feel like this is the only reality there is that we are now able to tap into the unseen world much more because the veils are thin. We're able to connect to the ancestor world. We're able to connect. And we, in order for us to, I believe, turn this corner, we need the help of the unseen world. We need the help of the Nagas. We need the help of the Devas. We need the help of the gods. We need the help of, you know, animal spirits in infinite forms. We we need the help of the unseen world. And, and I believe that Harriet Tubman, she talked about that almost every day of her life, that she was being guided by the unseen world and, and would constantly be in this flow of conversation, guiding her, telling her where to go, showing her the next step. I don't think she could talk about it as openly back then because she was a woman and because of the just the intensity of being a, born into slavery and being a fugitive. But there was this powerful connection to the spirit world that I believe that we all need right now. I believe it's much needed as well. Yeah. Do you feel like there's anything that we haven't talked about that it's really important to communicate? 
about Harriet Tubman and your relationship? Well, I just, I will just tell people that, you know, when we have these teachers say, you know, I'm a big part of the Be Here Now Network and now Ram Das is an ancestor and Neem Karoli Baba is an ancestor. But we could have teachers who are in a non-physical form. People talk about Neem Karoli Baba showing up at their house, you know, and they're doing their puja or, oh my God, the guru played a joke on me, Maharashi was here, that we, you know, many of us follow teachers who are in spirit form. They're, they're not in a physical incarnation. So, so to open our mind to that, that we have physical teachers. I mean, I have so many who have passed away that are beloved teachers of mine. They're on my altar, <laughs> you know, so it's not unusual to have a relationship with a great bodhisattva, a great teacher, an awakened being who's no longer in a physical form and know that when you're connecting to them, you are connecting to them. They just mm-hmm. don't have that physical body, but their spirit is very much presence in, in this place at any moment in time. Just like we would call them, we can, you know, begin to pray and, and connect through their energy. So I just want to make that, that te- some teachers are invisible and some teachers are not. And some teachers have died hundreds of years ago. And, and we still connect to them. We still connect to the Buddha, Siddhartha. We still connect to all these energies. So, so Harriet Tubman is one of those that anybody can connect to. And I want to say one last thing is that Harriet Tubman is everyone's ancestor. Okay, Mm -hmm. so some people might think, oh, she's just for African-American people. No, she is supporting, of course, those who are descendants of slavery, those who were enslaved, but she's everyone's ancestor. She's a primordial ancestor. So she's mine, she's yours. Anyone can call on her. I think that was something that she reiterated so much to me. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, your orientation, your mm-hmm. your body, what parts you have and don't have, how you identify, gender. What It's like if you need Harriet, you can call on her. You can call on her. Yeah. It seems like she's also offering some sort of training and, and really sensing into that part of us that – it can be really uncomfortable and really devastating. And at the same time, it's possible to be courageous and strong and fierce and, and willing to really make a change and find our way into building, you know, a better world. And I don't say that lightly. It definitely takes that kind of, you know, that I feel when you talk about Harriet um, to do this. So. Absolutely. And I think that all of us are born at this time and place for a reason. And, and these are, this is the time that we need courage the most. We're not in a peaceful, harmonious period in the global world, right? We are in something that's constantly changing, feels like, you know, it's the great turning. So all of us need to be practicing this kind of fierceness, this kind of courageousness and, and learn how to feel and then work through and move forward. Like we're all being tested, I feel, in that area, right? So and uh, she's what here. can you say, Emily? <laughs> and she's here. <laughs> right. Apocalypse. It's like practicing an apocalypse, you know? And that's where you grow the fastest.
practice. I will say that's where you wake up. It's not a time to check out. No. It's almost impossible to check out now. You know, yeah, to check out is to go crazy. Yeah there's a lot of ways that people are checking out. And so it's really nice to kind of sense into that force that that's available to us through Harriet and the other various teachers that you've mentioned that, okay, Hey, 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 you know, people, this, there are resources here and the spirit world and the unseen world and the physical, they're just there. We can resource ourselves in a way that we can get through this. So. Yeah. And I think the only way we will get through and help to- each other resource. Yes. <laughs> you know, gotta help each other resource. And that's kind of what I've get Harriet's messages. It's like, no, come on, like we gotta, we gotta do this together and 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 be strong in it and be willing to sometimes make those hard decisions and hard moves. I mean, look at Harriet's life. Like she that was not a easy life for her at all. And and yet she brought people together and and showed them ways of of actually getting through it. So that to me, I just keep coming back into with the way you share it. Like, okay, yeah, this is possible. It gives me that sense of, okay, it's possible. Let's just keep moving. Let's keep going. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing about Harriet. Anything else? Oh my God, my honor. It's a great honor to talk about Harriet Tubman and all that. Yeah, and just all that we're, it's unfolding, all that we're living through. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.